From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. It's over. My gosh. Here we go. Back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number three of the Big and Wild Outdoors. We appreciate you listening in this morning. If you want to call in and uh, complain like Vince, go right ahead. It's 888 404 It's our last hour in here, so if you have any questions for the uh, for the captain, you know, maybe you want to do a little charter off the uh, coast of Louisiana, or uh, do you me- meander over into Texas at all? Or no, I'm southeast Louisiana. Uh, I'd go closer to Mississippi than I did to, te- yeah, to Texas. Um, yeah. What, what no. if I wanted to come out there and get some alligators? Alligator hunting in Louisiana is a little strange because there's only so many people have the t- all the tags. We don't have like y'all do the lottery. Well, being a resource that's in public trust, and every every state has this public trust thing. This the resource belongs to the citizens of the state. So why why does Louisiana not allow it the public access? You don't know. Yes, I do actually. <laughs> um, Louisiana still follows. Louisiana has is the only state in the country that you can block off waterways because they use a map from eighteen twelve, and back then it was land. A lot of these, you know, with the erosion and everything. So you have landowners now that are blocking off waterways that are navigable with gates where fish can go through. So they're actually, to my knowledge, or the way I feel about it, they're stealing a natural resource. No other, no other state in the country does that because they follow the federal law, which is if tidal water flows through it, you can navigate on it and fish on it. and But... You have to own so much land in Louisiana to get taxed to alligator hunt. And these guys, that's why they do it, because they, they make a lot of money off the land. Now, the, I, you know, sometimes when you watch swamp people, and I remember that as a kid riding around with my dad, you would go back into a canal or somewhere back there, and you would see uh, fencing across the river. Correct. Uh, it would be like uh, old telephone poles or, uh, you know, old creosote poles that they'd put across there almost like a barrier, and I always thought that it was to keep all the lilies and all the other pads, all that stuff, from from going back in there and clogging it up because that usually is what happens, and you don't know it's there. And if you're running full bore through there and you got a a mud buggy or a a scooter through there where, man, you hit those things, it's over. Right. No, that's not the reason. The reason is because someone claims to own the water body. Mm -hmm. They own the bottom. But they, no other state, they can own the water. Well, they claim to own the water also, which is we've been fighting. We've been fighting it for years. It's because politicians are involved. They own a lot of land. Of course they do. And from listening to y'all, it seems like y'all politicians are a little corrupt also. (laughs) If you haven't been to jail in Louisiana, you can't be a politician. I I, I can tell you stories. Trust me, I know. I have plenty of my old... I can't uh, vote for myself, but... (laughs) Well, they got a lot of dead people voting in Louisiana, I'm sure. So that's the stuff we were talking about when we were at the expo. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right, that makes sense now. Well, 
Well, now, for a lot of those people, uh, they don't know that. And it, where it was clear a week before, you could go back. And because of so much boat traffic, a guy goes, you know what? I've had enough of that. And there are actually even companies out there that will come out there and put those barriers across there. I've seen them where they're metal, right. uh, big, giant metal gates or almost looks like wrought iron, you know, they put across there. Where What a lot of the landowners are doing is they're gating it and they're selling keys to the gate. And you have if kind of like leasing hunting land. You leasing to go fishing on private land. Wow. But the fish is not I mean, that's only. a great idea, but, but it, it's becoming a pay to play state. No it used way. to be it used to be the sports of paradise. Yes. Now it's pay to be in the paradise. No kidding. Well, at least back in some of those bayous back there, it's not all of them because the big no. giant open waterways they can't do it. It's too correct, big. Correct. So. I mean we I mean I'm we're fortunate off the area I fish out of Delacroix, Louisiana. Uh, which is southeast of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. About actually, a lot of people come and stay downtown with us, and they they drive the twenty five thirty minutes to the marina. Um, the Delacroix Corporation owns that area. They are very nice people. They everybody's very polite, you know. But they give they let us have access to. What is what is the corporation? What do they do? Is that oil, natural gas type stuff? No, or? they just. Uh, I think they just incorporated because the family owns so much land over oh, the okay. years. So they yeah. just incorporated it because you know family has grown and they just everybody's sure. got a little piece. That way, they're all little stockholders and all that stuff. Correct. So yeah, I don't know if you heard the first hour, but we did the largest landowners in the in the country. And uh, one gentleman was at Malone, I think it was, that owned 2.2 million acres in the United States. It's amazing how many people own land in uh, Louisiana, Florida, and Texas, but they don't, they don't seem to own any land in Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, anywhere else <laughs> like that. Maine was a big one, too. It was like Bill George said, I think, God, man, Why with all these. I don't. I guess trees, the timbers. It's trees, all timber. Trees. Uh, most of these big uh, swath of landowners are either uh, Texas ranchers or uh, in the tree. You know. Right. Although number two was uh, Ted Turner because of his bison farming and all that stuff. But uh, you know, Louisiana is kind of changing a little bit, but it, it's also staying a lot of the same. It depends on what area you're in. I know that uh, New Orleans gets a lot of attention because of uh, Bourbon Street and everything else like that, and. But I think a lot of people forget that the outlying areas are still pretty rural. You know, oh, I mean, uh, very you, rural. You, you drive, <laughs> you drive from you drive from New Orleans to uh, Lafayette, and uh, dude, there's there's like hardly anything in between there. Well, Lafayette's grown a lot over yeah. the last ten years. I mean, well, that's cute. because after Katrina, you had so many people that went there to evacuate and then decided to stay. I think a lot of that, and I think it chased a lot of people out of. Uh, out of New Orleans up there to to uh, relocate there. Uh, but, you know, you go to Mansfield, Louisiana, and it still looks like Mansfield, Louisiana from right. 1965. Oh, yeah. it's I mean, there's 20 minutes from New Orleans. It's desolate in certain places. It is. It's crazy. You go up that Mississippi River, and it still looks like the Mississippi River. I mean, it, it's all those little communities that are still there that uh, haven't changed very much. But it's sad to say that, down along the coastal areas, you got all that development and building, and then you got people that are doing what you what you described, where they're putting up gates across there. Uh, I I can see why the offshore business is getting more popular in Louisiana. Well, offshore what makes I mean I do only inshore, but the offshore guys what makes it so popular and it's easy fishing. I mean you can go out of Southwest Pass 
less than 10 miles, and you're in 3,500 feet of water. There's a continental shelf runs right through there. That's right. So, you know, all the tuna come in, you know, at certain times of the year, you know, it's full of snapper with all the, the wells. You know, you can go in 200 foot of water and catch red snapper all day long. Oh, really? Because there's really none left in the Gulf of Mexico. No, yeah. no. I, I know guys that dive and they say, yeah, they don't, they don't see one. They see millions. I no, mean, no, they, no, they, no, no, no. According to the federal government, there's none, there's none here. There's none, there's none around. So Quotas, they're hurting, man. Yeah, they, they just, they're, they're not there. Sorry. I don't know where you're getting your information from. Well, I don't tend to listen to too many politicians. Oh. And, you know, I do have some friends that are biologists, so really? I, I, I do kind of listen to what they tell me on, but not on population. Oh, you mean like uh, when we have our friends who are divers and tell us that the reefs are covered with Goliath grouper, but our biologists say, no, those numbers are pretty low. There's really not that many out there. Well, I know a couple of years ago I was in the Keys and I seen 10 of them in the marina. <laughs> you know, and I mean, the smallest one was probably 200 pounds. Yeah, so. well, that's pu- because they were looking out offshore. Oh, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. They got pushed off a reef because they were tiny. All right, we got to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Give us a call if you want to. We'll be back. To our Ford truck. That's our us country boys. Noise. <laughs> hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Vince Noble, uh, Captain Kevin Duval. He's in here from uh, Louisiana. He decided to come down and hang out with Vince and Captain Jim Pollard, and then uh, went out last night with Twisted Limbs, bow fishing, and uh, did some shooting. Got a few sheep's head and uh, tagged a mullet, apparently, as well. And then, of course, we have Bill George there on the end, who's just the instigator today, keeping Vince's blood today. pressure. <laughs> Every keeping, day. keeping Vince's blood pressure level up uh, about 190 over 200 <laughs> or something like that. But uh, we were talking during the break about the um, the snapper situation, and I know it's, it's far away, um, but it was amazing how... You know, our biologists tell us one thing, and then you go off the coast, and our divers tell us one other thing, and then the fishermen who fish off offshore tell us another thing, and then you look at other states like uh, Alabama, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, and Texas, and see what they catch for snapper, and uh, they get extremely irritated. I know that Dylan Hubbard's been fighting for years for the changes uh, for the snapper rules and all that stuff because every year he does it. It's like. You know, they give you a little bit, and they go, oh, yay, we get to go get We're so excited we get to go get Snapper. And now you, you guys, lose it for the next two years. And you lose it. And then uh, <laughs> you, you go and watch these guys. Uh, there was a TV show for a while um, about the, the Louisiana fishing industry. I can't remember what it was. I was a Discovery show or something where they showed all these long lighter Snapper guys out there. Dude, they were hauling them in every single day, 3,000 pounds, 2,500 pounds. I mean, it was and I don't mean like little tiny snapper. I mean like big monster snapper. Yeah, so, no, they catch big snapper off the coast of Louisiana. Uh, about the wells, about the rigs. Uh, I mean, they average 15 pounds or bigger. So why would there be the assumption that you guys have more of them out there than we do out here? We don't have the reefs like y'all have. We don't have any coral reefs off the coast, but we have hundreds of oil wells, which makes a natural reef, and they – they so deep, you know, you three, four, five hundred foot of water, or mm-hmm. even you have the floating reefs. 
I mean, the floating wells that are out, you know, like Medusa and all, which is in a couple of thousand feet of water, uh, they just get around those poles and they swim. And I mean, they just, just hang in, out in, in and out. You got all the bait fish, you know, they got all the feed they want. So they just gr- eat and grow. I mean, kind of like me. How do they live <laughs> with all that oil? <laughs> okay. Oil floats. <laughs> oil floats. I, I now to, it's your turn. <laughs> I had to deal with the oil spill. Uh, You'd, the, which was a big problem at the time. It was a big problem, but to be honest, a bi- it was m- more of a problem for y'all than it was for us. We didn't we, get we, anything down we, here. We, we got a little bit, came into the coastal areas, uh, but oil is a natural resource. It comes out of the ground. If they wouldn't put the dispersant in it, it would cause most of the problems. They killed a lot of the grass. It would sink back into the ground. You know, Sooner or later, and, and, it turns into a big old tar ball and then sinks to the bottom, back back down no, to the bottom. And no. then once pressure takes over, it takes over from there. I'm not I'm not ragging on on oil and that. I think you know we obviously want to use it to to power our cars and everything else. But and make a lot microphones. Of think, a lot of thing people think that uh, everything's desolate around it. I hunt up in Pennsylvania. There's oil rigs everywhere. There's oil, you know, and gas lines going through the woods. There's not oil everywhere. It, it, it's a very clean, you know, non, not really disruptive activity. Right. It's, as I mean, long as it doesn't break. Correct. Yeah. Everything then you, breaks. Then you have to. Exactly. Then you have to deal with it if it does. But like he said, the chemical agents that they put on afterwards made it worse than what it actually would have been if they had just left it alone, let the tide take care of stuff. Now, granted. You're still going to be catching uh, cormorants that are coated in oil and all the other stuff like that. That they're going to, you know, make a, a Dawn dishwashing liquid commercial <laughs> afterwards. But uh, there are certain sea animals that that will move out of the area for a while. But uh, growing up uh, around Louisiana and Texas all my life until we moved here, um, you know, we dealt with tar balls all the time on Galveston Beach or anywhere else or down in Freeport or Kima or any of those areas around South Texas or Louisiana. Along the coast, you you always had to go get a towel or a cup of paper towels to take all the tar off the bottom of your feet. It was always there, and and that we're, we're talking late sixties, early seventies, man. So um, it's always been there. It's been seeping out of the ocean floor for millennials or whatever. How many thousands of years you want to put on that? But uh, it is what it is. It's it's there and it shall return. I mean, it's the. Talking to the people that were in part of the investigation with the oil spill, the amount of oil, yes, when you look at it in gallons, it seems like a lot, but they tell they were telling me that the amount of oil that actually was spilled is like if you took an eyedropper and filled it with oil and filled your bathtub up with water and dropped one drop in it, that's the amount of oil that was dispersed in the Gulf of Mexico wow. because of the vast amount of water in the vast area. But they made a big deal about it because someone made a lot of money off of this cleanup. Of course they did. A lot of it. It's, it's kinda... all about who can make the money, you know, so they're going to make a big deal so they can get, you know, the, but the dispersion is the problem. It's well, not the oil. It's funny because uh, you're sitting here talking about this and it was announced this past week that BP had just found, uh, what was it, like 80 million barrel uh, pocket out in the Gulf of Mexico off the coast of Louisiana. So I look at it one way and go eighty like eighty million barrels of oil. I mean, uh, gas prices. We should be paying fifty cents a gallon. Again. <laughs> I mean, seriously. 
uh, you know, and a lot of people will say, well, look at there. Well, we, we can't be energy independent like everybody says we should be and could be. Uh, but then others are going to look at it and go, oh, my God, there's you just wait till a disaster happens and uh, they make a movie out of it and put Mark Wahlberg in there. You'll, you'll see. It's going to be it's going to be horrific. It's going to be disgusting. What's the matter? You all right? You're killing me today, man. What they did? They made a, they I know, made a movie I out of it. it. I mean, you know what? Oh, you, you did. You watched it. I you did. were the you were the one. It was actually a pretty good movie, to be you're, honest. You're with the you. one who watched it. I got you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but of course, we'll never have to worry about that here off the coast of Florida because uh, no drilling off the coast of Florida. No drilling up to a certain distance. True. So you know, even though it's been passed, it doesn't mean that it's somebody's not going to find it somewhere it, out it there. Ruins the view. You know what? If you can tell me, if you can see ten miles offshore, and, yeah, you're uh, really good. Or twenty miles offshore, you got some pretty good vision. You well, they got more. Job. They got more all off the coast of California. They got anywhere else in the world. You know, it's really and funny. they won't let them drill because they say it runs the view. Yeah, but you know what? You drive through Los Angeles, and there are oil wells on top of every hill, mm-hmm. and you'd sit there going, "What?" Well, you know, you think it's all Hollywood glitz and glamour and drug use, and it's they're pumping more oil out of those hills than. <laughs> Uh, than anybody else, man, except maybe up in Pennsylvania, where they first discovered it up there. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. All right, but anyway, back to fishing. You guys are going to go out tomorrow. You're going to have a good time. Captain Pollard, and uh, I guess he's going to leave the 36 kids back at home, so you guys can make some room. Yeah, he's taking care of them today, making Mama happy, and then we're going to go fish tomorrow. And uh, you're starting off early, or are you going to make it an afternoon-evening type thing? He was saying about 6 o'clock, which is fine with me. 6 a.m. or p.m.? No, a.m. We're going to go get bait first and then go fish. With with the weather being the way it is, man, man, I'd want to go in the evening. I'd want to go late afternoon. That way, it's Sunday. Okay. You do do realize I'm from New Orleans and I want to be back in to watch the Saints? No, whatever. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) Sunday... Let all the early drinkers, everybody else, the sandbar people, uh, everybody else, and the jet skiers get out. You get out there around three o'clock. You got the rest of the evening. If we're on the water, if we, well, if Princess is actually on time and we're on the water at six. Princess? Oh, yeah. I call Jim Princess. Okay. I'm sure he appreciates that. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that guy? You know how big he is? Okay. Good luck with that. So? All right. (laughs) He don't scare me. You're going to pound you, man. (laughs) You take his stuff, he pound you. But if we're on the water at 6 and we get bait, we're done by 7.38, we're going to still be out there before half of the weekend warriors anyways. Oh, yeah, you got a point on some of that. I don't know, some of those early morning jet skis. Oh, there are a few of them, yeah, but not a lot. get crazy. I'm just trying to make it more enjoyable for the captain. He wants to watch his football game. Did you not just hear what he said? You got a DVR? Do you understand? You can't watch a football game on a DVR. Sure you can. No, you push the button, you push play, and there you go. Da-da! Are you a millennial all of a sudden? No. I don't think we have DVRs in Louisiana. That's too high tech. You can actually put the TV on the boat. Oh, that's true. I can yeah, look at it on my phone, but that's a little small. I wanna, you no, know. you could put a TV on the boat. Who are they playing, you could. by the way? The Eagles. Oh, gosh. Good luck with that. I hope you guys crush them. The Eagles. Well, you don't like them, do you, Vince? No. You're not an Eagles fan, Why are you? I'm an Eagles fan. I don't know. Your wife is a big Pittsburghier. Well, that's a lot different from the Eagles there, uh, Blake Boy. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh it, it's not Pennsylvania for Pennsylvania. It's Pittsburgh and it's Philly. Yeah, and they are very far apart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The fans are pretty much the same. Oh, diehard. Yeah. No, diehard, yeah. No, they're not. Philly fans suck. Oh, really? 
Have you been to both stadiums? I've been to the Steelers Stadium. Yes, I have. The what stadium? Heinz Field. No, what did you call it? Three Rivers. No, what Stiller. were they? Who? Stiller. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> Stellers. <laughs> Instead of Steelers. <laughs> Stellers. Oh, that's what God. they're called. That's yeah. their name. They're not distillers. They make steel. Yeah, I know. They're called the Steelers. <clears throat> Just push the button, Aaron. End this madness. Are you crazy? I told you it was going to end. That's in there. We're brought to you by G5, or used to be, G5 Feeding Outdoors <laughs> and Brandon Ford. So thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Big and wild outdoors. Braden. No Jonathan. No Glenn. Bill George is here. Vince is here. And drug along the, his hapless victim, Captain Calvin Duval of uh, Duval Cajun Chattas, coming down here to visit from uh, the beautiful shores of uh, southeastern Louisiana. And didn't bring us one damn muffalota sandwich. Didn't bring us any, any boudin whatsoever. Didn't bring a king cake. Didn't bring nothing for nobody. But Nada, no. I'll have some sent in for you. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll take care. No. You want me to get some crawfish sent for you, too? Yeah, actually, tra- yeah, if you could. That'd be great. <laughs> Trey Ball, that'd be good. I'd not take that name. Actually, the, the reason I didn't bring anything, because that'll get y'all, y'all want something? Come on, come visit us. Oh, there you go. You know. That's how you do it. It's like uh, trying to teach a dog trick. You know, you want this treat. You got to. It's come like advertising. You can't get no business if nobody shows up. I'm thinking remote broadcast. Remote broadcast. There we go. Yeah, hey. Wait, wait, wait. I want to go. Will to you go? If Brandon? I can get, if I can get the opportunity. <laughs> There's a gulf in between us, not just a bridge. <laughs> Airplanes leave every day for New Orleans. I'm we don't need you. a plane as a road trip. It's only twelve hours, dude. Road trip, my no road trip. Uh, that that, that, <laughs> that drive between that, here and Pensacola is murder. I can't stand it anymore. I made it I've done it too many times. My best time from Tampa to Biloxi is seven hours and fifteen minutes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We stopped three times and I made it. I made it here. <laughs> Stopping three times in eleven. I, I got nothing on that where, one. Where did you? Where did you stop from? Where you were? Did you stop Pensacola? Uh, oh, we stopped in Mobile. Stopped that gas a couple of times. Oh yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I just uh, that drive. It's not that bad. I always like to stop in Biloxi and go to the casino. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, man. That's a waste of money. $68 both ways on he uh, can't play cards. On South East, uh, Southwest <laughs> Airlines, so straight to New Orleans. Psh, right. Boom. Psh, back. Done. Out of here. So we'll meet you there. So I, we'll take all go, your equipment. I don't, I don't go. I, you know what? It's like riding horses. I did enough of my time with horses, man. I, ever if since you don't I was a have kid, to drive, just sit down I did all that with the horses. It. I don't do it anymore. And I spent yeah. more time in New Orleans and around Mississippi hey. and Picayune than I care to shake a stick The man at. just put I'm a pretty much, I'm, olive I'm, branch out, Brady. I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm still talking. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty much done. <laughs> you know, it's like been there, done that, got the Vince, T-shirt. I'll go with you. Okay. <laughs> I got I got cousins in Mississippi. I got a cousin who lives right there in Homa. I mean, I could go. She's like, come in. Anytime you want to stay at the house, you got a big giant nasty old house, you know, because she married one of the Fontaines of the New Orleans Fontaines. And, uh, you know, they're like, uh, come on, we got plenty of room. Kids are in college, no one's here. Come on, come out and hang. Are they gonna take you fishing? Actually, you know, he's got his own little fish camp there with his own boat, and he's like, you want to come down and go do some red fishing? We'll go. And, well, uh, if, I, if I went to go up there, <laughs> when would be the best time? 
when Braden's not going. Well, well obviously, that's, that's obviously when I, I would going. have the best time, but that's not necessarily when the best it, time It all is. depends on what you want to do. I mean, you well, can come. I'm going there and I'm well, going to fish. What, what, what's, when is what you would call your peak times? For, what do you want to fish what? for? If you want to fish. fish speckled trout, well, if you want to fish speckled trout, I'd say spring and fall. Okay. You know, say March, end of March, into May. Turkey season. Pretty much. Or October going into Thanksgiving. Do you have any good turkey land, too? No. <laughs> See? <sighs> Working around. I can put you on some pigs. I can put you on a bunch of pigs. but uh, Combo, uh, man. Combo. But uh, what, you know, what's good about New Orleans is, I mean, where I fish. Now, Venice is known worldwide some of the greatest fishing because you can go offshore and inshore from the same area. Okay. Uh, but it's also almost two hours from New Orleans. So nobody's going to go stay in New Orleans and then drive to Venice in the morning to go make an offshore trip all day and then drive back to New Orleans. Us, you can go stay downtown New Orleans and be on a boat in less than 40 minutes. Okay. But we don't do offshore because we'd have to run well over 150 miles to get to tuna waters and stuff like that. But but we have as many red... when they have the redfish tournaments, if they have one in Venice, most of those guys cross the river and come to Delacro because the fish, for the slot fish, they're actually heavier in our area because of the feed. Um, you know, if you want to go catch big bulls, yeah, you, you might stay in a Venice area to go fish the coastlines. Uh, but no, I just want to have a good time catching fish. Right. Well, I really don't care what. Then you call the you call Captain Calvin up and he'll put you on some fish. But redfish, we catch you around. I mean, this this past year for redfish has been probably the best year I've seen in twenty years. And I mean, we've always had good years, but yeah. I'd say we our limit is we have a slot limit sixteen to twenty seven. We can keep five redfish per person. You can keep one of those five, and the slot can be over twenty seven. You can keep a bull. Okay. Every day. Um, so you come down there for th- do three days of fishing, and you bring two or three guys, you're going to come back with a whole bunch of fish. I think there's four trips I made in the last four months where we didn't limit out on redfish. Wow. That's nice. That's awesome. And I'm talking, this is not one person trip. You know, this is three and four people on a boat. Plus, you get to keep my limit. You're allowed to do that? The captain's yes. limit? As long as the captain makes a few casts he's fishing yeah so who's who knows That's who, your limit it, right but i can give my limit to you i don't know about that that's a whole other world brother louisiana is <laughs> the only state that the captains are allowed to keep them i mean you can keep a captain limit yeah you know here you can't go out well you know, we could have, you sell that if you got it? When you got it in, if you took your captain's limit and took it, could you sell it? You cannot sell Louisiana wild-caught redfish anywhere in the world. Really? It has to be farm-raised? It either or has to be farm-raised or come in from another state. If really? you it, If you go in a Louisiana restaurant and you see Louisiana wild-caught redfish, they're either lying or breaking the law. Yeah. And either way, they're breaking the law. It's kind of like the old days. (laughs) The old days where the... It's just which law? (laughs) You'd go into restaurants around here and they'd have Snook on the menu. And you'd be like, how in the world do you got Snook on the menu? And it was like Snook brought from South America. South American Snook. So it was like, yeah, Snook's on the menu. 
I was like, what, last night? The shrimpers were out last night? Do you know our bay shrimp is being boxed up and sent to New York for their restaurants? Really? Why not? Yeah. What's wrong with a bay shrimp? We eat them all the time. I just didn't think our shrimp was going up to New York. I would think it would be going someplace local, but uh, I guess uh, prices are a little bit better up in New York City. I'm guessing because they were, they were out there last night, so Brandon's like, hey, where are you sending all that shrimp? Catch oh. them by hand? There's no, a, they were out there, shrimp boats. Oh, okay. There's a lot of uh, Florida alligator that goes to Boston. And a lot Let's of see. Florida eggs that go somewhere that we don't uh, know. And Louisiana. Just Louisiana. <laughs> You're talking about a couple of Thanksgivings ago, I'll, you know, we get the family together for Thanksgiving. Well, I had to cook the melaton stuff, and you put shrimp in it. Well, I didn't have time to stop and buy shrimp. I had to charter the day before, you know, the Wednesday before. <laughs> so I had some live shrimp left over. Sure. I pulled up with the boat. My <laughs> wife said, did you stop and buy the shrimp? No, I didn't have time, but I got enough left for the bait shrimp to make. She goes, well, I said, they're, 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 they're the still shrimp. alive. They're, the they're, same they're shrimp. in the live well. They're still alive. They, you can't get any fresher. Yeah, I did that a couple shrimp. weeks ago. I took the shrimp that we had left there. Jim's like, you want it? I'm like, yeah, man. I'm going to make some scampi tonight. We've all done that. I mean, <laughs> you know, we've all done that. Even with crabs left over from going out drum or grouper fishing, man. It's like you got 12 or 6 blue crabs left over. Hey, that's enough to throw into a pot. Exactly. All that would do is make a Louisiana person mad. No, well, 12 six, or 6 crabs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you got to burn through a lot of them. Now, uh, before we get out of here, I got to ask the question because uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, about Bigfoot here in the state of Florida. And then there was a story that just came out this past week that Bigfoot was sighted up in North Carolina. And a lot of people were calling the DNR up there and uh, reporting this thing. And they went out the next day and found out there was this big wood carved statue of a Bigfoot with glowing red eyes. <laughs> and no. So everybody was driving down the road and <laughs> see it. And it's on private property, so nobody can say anything. But they did uh, ask the local people to stop calling the Fish and Wildlife and saying, "That's all Bigfoot. He's right there on Anderson Road. And you go get him." But you know, in Louisiana, when I was a kid, uh, my father knew the guy, the author who made the movie Legend of Boggy Creek. Louisiana guy, you know, you've heard that one, right? And I remember standing in his backyard with his kids, and they were telling me, "Don't get too close there because that's where the monster lives." And I was like, "What are you talking about, man?" And uh, they told me about the you know, the, the Boggy Creek monster back then. And I always thought it was funny because I brought this up with RJ and Jay Paul from Swamp People because they brought it up on the show one time about the Rigaroo. The Rigaroo, yes. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, man, I didn't think anybody, well, I thought that was only something that my uncles knew, but apparently a lot of people know. I don't know if you're from if you're from South Louisiana, you know the Ruger. You don't know about the Ruger. You're not from South Louisiana. I, that's what I'm saying, but uh, I think it's only a small portion of it because you know the rest of America when they were talking about it. I'm sitting in my living room going, "No way!" They're actually talking about that. Everybody else from Nebraska is going, "What are they talking about? Ragu? What is that? Spaghetti sauce? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is." And uh, I want to talk about it because the legend is pretty amazing about those things. And if you know more about it than I do, we'll talk about it. All right, it's the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. It's going to get good. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. We're in the studio today. Beautiful day. It's supposed to be nice. Tomorrow should be good, although I heard the weather is supposed to be turning. Uh, so I don't know what the official uh, weather forecast is. So here's what I'm suggesting you do. You go to bigandwild.com. Bigandwild.com, and right there on the front page, right there on the big old giant uh, page that Bill George so lovingly put together for us, 
does look lovely, by the way. And uh, uh, right there in the middle of it, you got the big and wild outdoors. You got the weather forecast right there. And uh, it's very nice. And it gives you not only the weather forecast, but it also gives you the wind speed. It gives you the rain chance and uh, all the other stuff like that. And uh, you can always have it with you. You don't have to wait for weather on the nines or every five minutes or any of that other stuff like that. And uh, it'll give you not only here for Gandy, but also it gives you also for uh, what's going on in the regular parts of Central Florida. So it's a good thing. I'm impressed, Bill. Good job. Yeah. Looks really nice. Uh, Before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, New Orleans stuff with uh, Captain uh, Calvin Duvall of Duvall uh, Charters, uh, Duvall Cajun Charters. Make sure I get that right. Dot com. So if you ever get out there in the uh, the great wilds of Louisiana and you want to get a itching to go catch some fishing, then all you got to do is give him a call and uh, he'll hook you up, get you out there, and uh, does a pretty good job from what I understand. Vince. I would think that would be one of those trips you just don't get out there for, but you take and plan to go out there and, and combine a trip to New Orleans and fishing trip and maybe let some I'm of saying, the, that's exactly what trip. That's yeah. That's what most people do. You know, the wives going into downtown and go shopping again. Nowadays, I, I don't know. I get a lot of women that come on a boot. You know, sure. They love, they love the fish. Sure. Yeah. Now, in Louisiana, if I go out there, do I have to buy a fishing license or am I covered under your captain's license? Louisiana, no. You have to have your own license. But, what? We, we, the, but they, they finally got smart quite a few years. Uh, I don't know what politician did it, but uh, you can buy a three day license as long as you're going out with a charter captain for ten dollars and it's three consecutive days yes yeah, which but, is you know or, drop in the bucket to right drip or if you go i mean it, like you know you can buy the one day license which is 20 something dollars so i mean <laughs> if even if you're only going for one day you might as well spend the ten dollars and, and say, as long you know, as you're going with the captain right you have to be with a licensed uh, louisiana captain yeah god i uh i would love to be able to uh do that but like i said i I'm pretty you can. much I'm pretty much done with uh, New Orleans. I usually when I go, uh, my cousins and I we go straight out either towards Ponce Train or Bucktown. Go over there and eat over there. Get away from the touristy areas over there because it's not. We don't into. have to go to Louisiana. We don't so, have to go to New Orleans. Plus, we can hit my, every Boudin. So wait, my shop. opinion about and you got to go over to Drago. You got to go to Dragos and get the. The oysters, man, uh, that are grilled on there. You know, charbroiled and all. That. Oh man! So, so you're not want to take Aaron on a road trip. Go do a live remote so she can be a part of the show. Why? Next thing you know, she'll be down on the on Bourbon Street with beads and a big giant grenade, and I'll never see her again. New, New Orleans is promoted. Mind. New Orleans is promoted for Bourbon Street and the party atmosphere, and I mean they have a lot of stuff in New Orleans to do. That's you have the historical sites, and but the biggest thing that they don't promote. And it, probably their biggest tour would be their biggest tour is the fishing in our area. That's true. We have the best estuary for inshore fishing in the world. Well, if you remember, um, and my brother uh, Neil was there for the longest time, and he worked at a restaurant down there. Ninety, almost ninety percent of the reparations that were paid out by BP that went out to certain industries, almost ninety percent of that went out to the fishing industry. Because uh, and that was even restaurants that served uh, seafood, even though even though they didn't serve stuff from the Gulf of Mexico, uh, it, but it affected it because uh, the people who came in from out of town or anywhere else in the world, 
They were expecting Louisiana seafood. They want gumbo. They want jambalaya. They want stuff that's got fish in it or something floating in it out of the ocean. And uh, Well, the only thing you can't sell is the redfish. The redfish. Yeah, everything else is yeah. pretty much. If you go into a, a restaurant in South Louisiana, majority of the seafood is going to be local seafood. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I, that's what I mean. Most of those people that were there that uh, I know even my brother is a waiter. I was working at a... Uh, sushi place over off magazine and uh he got reparation he got a reparation and that's not local seafood (laughs) and it's not even local seafood but it was the effect because of the publicity and stuff it affected the restaurant business so um i was like man how do you take that money and not feel guilty i mean seriously you're bringing in hey how much money i pay to government if they want to give me something i'm taking it 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 wasn't government it (laughs) It was bp that was BP. Well, that's all right. They got enough. They can give me some, too. They're yeah. making it back already. Well, they uh, were going to pay out a certain amount of dollars. It's just a matter of who applied and who went and jumped through the hoops. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, even the city of St. Petersburg got money somehow, some way. Well, I, I, don't, I don't even know. The way the the continental shelf runs, it runs, the, the tidal flow runs east and west through the continental shelf. Right. So when the oil spill hit, it was in deep, it was a deep water well off the Kind of on the shelf. So most of the oil at that time of year, your tidal flow was east. So y'all had more oil on y'all beaches and what beaches? Well, you know, I mean, just Florida, you know, Florida, Alabama. They they had more beach destruction than we had. I, I think it probably stopped at Apalachicola because I didn't see any on St. Pete Beach or Sarasota or anywhere else. Well, so. if you'd have listened to the people back home, you'd, oh, have, yeah. thought, you'd have thought that the beaches were black. Oh, yeah. I we mean, were, we were up to our necks. Yeah. And uh, you, did you I see any? I didn't see any, any but no. You know, you're the Don of Indian no. Rocks Beach. Did you see any? Nothing. All right. Well, enough of that. But that was on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Got in between. It's down in there in the soil. <laughs> but before the break, we were talking about the rigaroo that's uh, kind of like the... Uh, uh, the uh, Louisiana version of Bigfoot, but well, also not exactly. a shape, he's a shape changer it, too, yes. right? The Rougarou is a supposed uh, mythical shape shifter. Mm-hmm. He can be whatever he wants to be. That's right. He can be a coyote. He can be an eagle. Right. He can be a Bigfoot. He can be whatever. And there's stories where he takes over your mind or takes over your body or just eats you, mm-hmm. kills you and eats you. So, I mean, it depends on what part of South Louisiana you go to or what part of the body you go to. The stories all are different. You know, what's really funny is uh, as a kid hanging out there with like we were talking about during the break with my uh, my uncles and uh, other people that were of non-relation that were out there in the woods. Uh, you know, they love to tell stories, and they love to tell those stories to small children. And I think I literally was more afraid of Marie Laveau and and being caught by some voodoo priestess out in the middle of the swamps than I was by any Bigfoot, Rigoro, uh, any uh, Boggy Creek monster, alligator, anything. <laughs> and then, I'm serious. I mean, because they would tell you, you know, oh, no, man, you get that. They shake that bag on you and all that other stuff, man. It's over. You know, yeah, you I'm, get the gree-gree. Yeah. And, uh, the voodoo, man. And uh, I'm telling you, the way they would talk about it, I was like, what I told I you about the person that put the voodoo uh, on you last no, night. No, no. Oh, he had voodoo done on him? He almost got us all voodoo. <laughs> now, here's, here's what's funny. I still have a bag. I still have a bag somewhere in my house. I know that uh, 
my uncle Oscar gave me years ago. That'll keep you from getting. The, well, that's the grigri. Yeah, the voodoo is the bad. The grigri is the good. Yeah, and that's what he gave me a bag for. It's got. I, I'm afraid to open it. I don't even know what's in that thing. Oh, don't I mean, o- don't open it. It's got. Uh, you know, you shake it, and it's like it, uh, it, it could be like rocks, human bones. There. Don't, yeah, don't it could be a it. pinky in there. I don't even know. <laughs> and uh, it always freaked me out, but uh, I miss it. I really do. I always love that, and. Uh, I always thought it was funny because as soon as the swamp people came out and everybody, you know, here's Troy Landry and his family and all these people that are talking, they had to put put subtitles on there. And I was like going, that is literally every guy I ever grew up with as a kid that was on the boat or out crappie fish or sockily fishing or any of that stuff that we were out there doing. They all talked exactly like him. Actually, he talked better than most of them because they all talk like they got cotton in their mouths. Talking the back of the mouth and everything else in the bucket of My <laughs> accent's bad, but it's not that bad. It it's ain't that, that bad. bad. No, but you still get that New Orleans bring in there when you when you start talking. Captain Duval, we appreciate you coming in again. Give us uh, where people can come check you out. You can go to DuvallsCajunCharters.com or you can call me direct at 504-957-4549 or get in touch with Vince or the show and they can get you in touch with me. Very fine. Vince, thanks for coming in. Absolutely, Bill George, man. thank Appreciate you for helping it. out today. And uh, Aaron, thank you so much. Uh, we'll plan that trip to New Orleans one of these days. We'll go. All right. I'm going to hold you to that now. we got another invite. I ain't driving, though. I'll drive. You just sit No, you drive. Just... I'll fly. I'll wave at you. <laughs> while you're going down there. Well, I want to thank y'all for having me. It was, it was a blast. Well, yeah, go have fun tomorrow, man. Captain Pollard will do a good job for you. We'll see you next Saturday, guys. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Have fun. Be safe.